Welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Amy Ravel from Simply Organised. And I'm Kirsty Faruja from Feels Like Home. We can't wait to share with you all our tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home and family organised. To hang out with us more, check out the Art of Decluttering on Facebook and Instagram. And we'd love you to check out our website, outofdecluttering.com.au and see all that's happening over there. Let's Let's get get started. started. So today we are talking about cancer and it was brought to our attention that we, it was requested by one of our lovely, lovely listeners, Amy, and it just so happens that she has had her own cancer journey. So we thought, considering that Amy and I have not walked this road, it is best to get somebody in that has walked it. And so we have our beautiful friend, Amy So now there's two Amy's in the studio with me. (laughs) We have Amy joining us today to share her journey, her journey of cancer and her journey of decluttering. So welcome, Amy. Welcome. Thank you. We're so honoured that you would come and join us today. So um, we really, we really want to honour your journey and honour the things that you have to share with us. So thank you. So. Can you tell us about how your house was functioning before you were diagnosed with cancer? Yeah, I'm actually quite an organised person, um, but I think we struggled in maintaining that. So I'm not so good on the maintenance and the habits and the systems and getting the rest of the family on board with that. And I think that even though other people thought it was organised, I wasn't entirely happy with it because I now realise that we just had too much stuff. So not everything fitted where it was meant to fit. So you were quite very similar story to mine, Amy, is that you were organised, you just had way too much stuff in your house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was the same. So would you like to share what you would like to share about your cancer journey? We would love to hear it. Yeah, so I woke up on Mother's Day in 2017 And I had a really achy underarm and I couldn't actually lift my arm above my shoulder. And when I was having a poke about in my underarm, I found a swollen lymph node. Um, And I thought, well, I probably should go and get this looked at. So two days later, I went to my GP. She did a breast check and couldn't feel anything. And she wasn't too concerned because when lymph nodes are working, that's what they do. They swell up. But she thought, well, let's just go and get it looked at anyway. So the following week I went and had a mammogram which actually came up clear and then they did an ultrasound on my lymph node in my breast and found three tumours in my right breast. And then a week later I was in hospital having a mastectomy and a lymph node clearance in my right arm um, which is followed up by six months of chemotherapy, six weeks of radiation therapy and then I actually did some genetic testing because I was so young and we didn't have any family history of breast cancer. Um, and so it was decided then I would have my other breasts taken and my ovaries as well to show and prevent any further incidents of cancer. And that all wrapped up about eight months ago now. Wow. It's the, I think the, um, the shocking bit is when you just wake up on Mother's Day morning. Like you'd had no symptoms before that? No. No. In hindsight, a couple of girls at work had called me aside and said, you look really tired. Is everything okay? And that was literally about a week before I had found the lump. 
Um, and the scary thing is the pain actually went away. So by the time I made it to the doctor three days later, the pain was gone. And I actually, my head was tempted not to say anything to her, but I thought, well, I'm here anyway, so I may as well, which is a good thing. Aren't you glad you did? Mm-hmm. And how did things for your family go? Like what was that week, that fortnight like between Mother's Day and you ending up in hospital having surgery? Um, so it wasn't until the radiologist doing the ultrasound actually said to me, well, I'm just going to go and call your GP now, but I want you to come back and have a biopsy tomorrow. That I thought, oh, this is actually quite serious because specialists don't call your GP. They just write up a report and email it off. They don't call them. So I think that's when my intuition jumped in and I thought, I'm in trouble here, something's going on. Um, And then it's a very long wait to get that confirmation from your GP to say, yes, it is or no, it's not. So the first couple of days, I pretty much completely just fell apart and I was on the lounge. I could not function. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. No idea how the kids got to school or did what they had to do. I was just in this, my own little bubble. Um, until I woke up one morning and thought, well, actually, whatever the results say, that's not going to change the outcome of my day today. So I'll just get on and do what I was going to do and we'll just wait until the results are in and deal with it then. Wow. So, that's huge resolve, Amy. I know. We're just both shaking our heads we're going, going far. Oh, that's you're incredible. amazing. Amazing. So you said that um, during that period of time, you don't know how the kids got to school, like as in you you stopped having the ability to take all of that in and take on the load for that. Was it your husband or family? Who kind of helped the house to run during that period? Um, husband and family sort of stepped in um, and that was once I started treatment and pretty much when my life was on the lounge. Um, it was actually a big thing for me to let go of the control because I was the one that was driving the household. I was the one that had all the mental load and all of a sudden I just had to give it all up. So expectations that I was holding had to go out the window. And what did that look like in the everyday? So it just meant things that I just had to get used to things being done ways that I wouldn't do it but just trust that... <laughs> As long as it's done, it's done. Um, I had to trust that when other people do things that the standard might be different, but it doesn't matter. It's done. And then even letting go of the expectation of some things don't need to be done that I would expect to be done. It's actually not important. Just let it go. That's great. That is great advice too for anyone that is on the couch or in bed or in sick or in hospital or got migraines or whatever takes you out is sometimes you do have to have grace on other people that they're not going to be you as awesome as you are they are not going to be you (laughs) and that's okay yeah Yeah. so you ended up writing a blog through your journey do you want to tell us about that yeah so it was probably a couple of days after I was diagnosed and Word was getting out. Everyone was messaging me the same questions and I was responding to every email and every text message and I thought if this is going to go on for 12 months, it's going to be very exhausting. So the blog for me was a solution to how can I let everybody know in one spot what's going on, where I'm up to, how things are travelling. But it actually turned into also a bit of a therapy outlet for me as well. Um, So I'm a big introvert. Lots goes in my 
goes on in my head, but not a lot actually comes out. So I actually found the writing process really, really therapeutic. I'm quite surprised on how much everyone jumped on board and how much others were willing to share with me after reading my blog, which is good. And you turned the blog at the end of your journey into a book. Is that right? I did. I printed it, but it has lots of colour photos in it and colour photos are very expensive to print. (laughs) Um, So only close friends and family have kind of brought that, but I'm sort of thinking about how I can turn it into a more accessible book. And how can people find your blog? Is your blog still up and going? It is still up um, and it's www.accordingtoamynet.ipage.com. We'll put links to the show notes, so don't worry if you didn't catch that, people. So tell us about your decluttering journey. So the decluttering started um, after I'd had my mastectomy, so then I had to wear a prosthetic boob with a mastectomy bra and the cut of those bras are different to normal and I obviously didn't have any cleavage anymore so it was out of a practical need to go through my wardrobe and work out what of my clothes that I own actually can I wear with a mastectomy bra and so I did my wardrobe and then it felt really good to get rid of a heap of stuff so then I started on the kids wardrobes and then it just sort of snowballed and before I knew it I was the mad woman going on a frenzy through the entire house. Um, But I kind of had an aha moment after I did our wardrobes and I was gathering all the clothes up to put in the clothing bin that I realised that even though I had done it to work out what I could still wear, when I was decluttering, I actually not once asked myself, will this work with the mastectomy bra or not? And I'd actually was picking stuff up going, well, this is really me, so I'm keeping it, and this isn't me at all, I'm getting rid of it. And it was at that point I thought, okay, so this decluttering frenzy that I'm in isn't just about the stuff, it's a part of something much bigger than that. And what do you think that much bigger than that has turned out to be? That was... um, I guess the start of my recovery process, though, when you get diagnosed, you go through a period of diagnosis, which is the bomb just going off. You have your time of treatment. Then you have a time of recovery where you start piecing everything back together, which then leads to um, your new normal. And I think the decluttering was me in the recovery phase, trying to work out what my new normal was. And I'd made the decision that not everyone gets an opportunity to take a moment to stand back from the everyday daily grind and actually think about how they're living their life and most people just get swept up with what society expects but actually I've got an opportunity here to actually create this new normal for me and my family I'm going to be really intentional about it so the decluttering was the start of that process if you live in the hills or the north shore or Sydney Central. What are some of the other areas in Sydney, Kirst? The Shire, the Inner West, Northern Beaches. So I only found out recently from Kirst that you Sydney siders have like zones and areas that you like identify yourselves by. So if you live in any one of those and you need some professional organising services to help in your home, you need to get Kirsty in because she's freaking amazing. So if you want to have Kirst in to help you declutter, 
email us at hello at theartofdecluttering.com.au and we're going to put you in touch. I would so love that. I would love, love, love to meet more and more listeners and to be able to help you hands-on and get the most out of your house and make you able to live in freedom and grace and joy in your home. So call me, contact us, however, find me. So send us that email or DM us on Insta or private message us on Facebook. But Kirst is like there. She's ready, Sydney Siders. She's ready to come and transform your home with you. All right, let's get back to the show. Where along the journey did you start listening to us? (laughs) So, well, you girls actually were quite critical in my whole recovery process. Um, It started... The podcast was when I was doing the house decluttering and so I was getting lots of tips and motivation from you guys on the different areas I was looking at. But I'd also had lots of ideas going around in my head about how I wanted my life to be afterwards. And you guys introduced me to the concepts of low-top, slow-living, minimalism, Brooke McCallery, Brene Brown, zero waste. And I finally thought, oh, my goodness that's it that's all this random stuff that was going on I now had a name for it all um so yeah I got lots of information from you guys thank you and then from the podcast I then came across your online course which I did um and doing the vision in the first week for your home that you guys asked us to set I was kind of setting the vision for my home but realised actually I'm really setting the vision for the rest of my life and trying to think what it is that I want that to be. Um, and, yeah, that was all about huge, getting rid of the old, clearing out the old. I didn't want to take anything with me into my new life that I didn't need to, anything that was going to weigh me down. I just had to let go of all of the unnecessary, irrelevant stuff. So it sounds like you really did that stand back but not only stand back, but stand back and almost shake your hands like none of this is essential. I'm going to reassess everything. Yeah. Sounds like you said yeah. you kept the family. So that's a good thing. You didn't yes, declutter any of those. Yes, I kept the family, but I think I've gotten rid of between 40 and 50% of our stuff. Wow. And how does your that's hubby something. and kids feel about that? Um. Yeah, hubby's taken a bit of a while to sort of convince because he thinks every time I come up with a new system, it's just mum's just coming up with new rules. Um, So still a bit of work to do there. But the kids, actually the kids brought home a bag from school. Um, They were doing a clothing drive for a charity. And I'm like, but I've already done your wardrobe literally about three weeks ago. And they're like, okay, we'll do it again. So they actually went through and they decluttered their own wardrobes and got rid of clothes that, they didn't want anymore that they could donate so it is slowly wearing off on them yeah I think our episode um it's all my hubby and kids fault is we were talking about setting that example and that's exactly what you've done you've gone I've had a trigger to start the journey but you haven't kind of left the family behind you're like come on we can do it and and now the kids are taking charge no mum we're not done there's more to go yeah yeah I'm like getting teary. I'm so, so inspired by you, Amy. You're so, okay, let's move on before I really cry. (laughs) Um, What are some tips that you could give somebody who's just found out that they have cancer? 
that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think my biggest lesson throughout this whole process is that you've got this. I think you've got what it takes to get through this already inside you and you just need to let it out. The most important relationship that you have in this world is the one that you have with yourself. That's the one that's going to make or break you. So make sure you nurture that relationship and do as much as you can to find out about you and how you work and, yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) We're all about the deep work at the moment, aren't we, Amy? Yes, I feel like that's the theme at the moment, Amy, is it's the deep work, finding out about ourselves, understanding ourselves, because that creates the deep work that's needed, like the flow-on effect of that is decluttering. It's not that, mm. and, and to be honest, it can be the other way around. You can start decluttering and then uncover the deep work. But when you do the deep work and you do what you said and you stand back and you objectively look at your home, your life, the decisions, your future, that's when you find true freedom. Ah, so good. Yeah. The, the Amy's are just truth-bombing and gold-bombing all over the place today. <laughs> Must be something about the name. What are some tips that you could give to somebody who's in the middle of their treatment? Keep going. It will come to an end. Um, Actually, one of the things that I found out very early on is one of my managers from work had been through ovarian cancer herself. And she said to me, you know, every day may not be a lovely day, but there will be something lovely in every day. You just need to look for it. So part of my blog was I started blogging what I called my daily lovely and that was just something small in each day that made me smile or laugh or that I was thankful for Um, and it became a bit of a thing. And so now I've got friends when they're going through a not-so-good time, they start posting on Facebook their daily lovely. Um, But, yeah, it just really brings you back to the small things that you should cherish in your everyday life. I loved one of your daily lovelies when I was um, looking over your blog and it was it was raining in Sydney and you're like, my daily lovely is that this rain is needed for the earth and this rain is what causes the trees to grow and the flowers to bloom. And I thought, oh, that's the best because the rains are not that awesome in and of itself. Like it might slow down your drive to work and it's hard to get the kids from school and something might be cancelled, but you are finding the joy in amongst, which I think is pretty beautiful. Yeah. Maybe that should be something in our community group, the Daily Lovelies. I love it. Let's do that. Amy, let's do that. Both I Amy's. also started a daily purge at the start as well. My mum was downsizing from a six-bedroom house to a one-bedroom house and I saw how much stuff that they had accumulated. And I'm like, man, all this stuff, you don't really need it. So I'm like, let's do the Daily Purge. But it was very short-lived. I thought I'm not quite ready to deal with that just yet yeah, yeah. you've got to be in the right headset headset head, mindset or headspace headspace yeah <laughs> okay what's some tips that you could give to somebody who has battled and beaten cancer celebrate the fact that you have battled and beaten it and don't forget everything that you learned through that journey so wise my friends you're so wise Amy, for someone who's at the place that you were at the beginning where you kind of find yourself in a purge mode, like you said, you were going through your wardrobe and and then all of a sudden you got momentum. Have you got any advice for people who do that, maybe the wardrobe and they've got momentum and they look around the house and go, 
what next? How do I do this? Any advice on how to keep up that momentum? I think just look back over what you've done and what you've achieved and celebrate what you have achieved. And I think in celebrating what you've achieved will give you the oomph needed to keep going. Just open that Tupperware drawer and have a look how tidy it is. (laughs) Get excited. (laughs) That's so good. And are you medically boring at the moment, Amy? I am still medically boring, yes. Excellent. I found I heard that term first from you. I'd never heard of someone refer to themselves as medically boring and I was like, I really, really like that. I'm glad that you're medically boring. That's yes. good news. <laughs> and we are so glad that you're part of our community, not just on our a bigger Facebook community group, but in our online course community, you are such an encouragement to everybody in our course and you're so willing to give of yourself um, as this episode has just demonstrated. But we, we, Amy and I feel very honoured that you not only came on today, but that you share your life with us. Mm. We think you're mm. amazing and we're inspired by you daily just because you're part of our part of our lives so thank you thank you we have I don't loved... think I would be where I am without you two though oh going to be part of it as well that's the beauty of community isn't it like the three of us are all sitting here having a love fest because we value the contribution we bring and that we're not you know vulnerability breeds Vulnerability. Vulnerability. Thank you. I was like, the saying is lost in my brain. Um, (laughs) Because it does, the intimacy that you have in relationships grows when vulnerability grows. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've got someone who needs some more of Amy in their life, please jump into your show notes, share it with a friend, click on Amy's blog, travel some of her journey, get in contact with her if you need to, and just be inspired by the journey she's been on and we so appreciate you and we love you. So thank you, Amy. I'm going to read an iTunes review before we finish the episode today. And this one is from Millie Anderson and it's a Facebook review. She says, loving the fun and motivation the Art of Decluttering podcast brings to my day as I listen to each one, breaking down the huge task of de-junking your home into bite-sized stages. Amy and Kirsty's podcast are like having your girlfriends around for a cuppa and a chat and sharing your ideas and ways to declutter your home. We kind of feel like that too. It is like just having a chat with girlfriends. So Yeah, particularly today when we're having a chat with our girlfriend. <laughs> so jump on over um, onto whatever, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we want you to share it. Share it with a friend. Just share it on your public. In, you know, you can take a photo of you listening to this and post it on your Insta story. Yeah. So many great ideas on ways to share it. Yeah. And if you to love the podcast but want more of Amy and I in your life this Amy Amy Ravel as opposed to Amy Kelman <laughs> then well actually if you come if you do what I'm saying about to tell you to do you get Amy Kelman for the bargain price <laughs> so you get all three of us in your life by coming over and joining our online course uh, it's a great place to learn uh the actual what Amy was talking about before the actual maintenance of keeping a house decluttered and helping with your mindset and your habit formation around keeping your house organized and you get Amy for it as well 
Amy, as I just said, she's an amazing part of our online course community. She's always there encouraging people um, and inspiring people. So come on over and join us over there. Excellent. Well, we hope you have all enjoyed today's episode and we will be in your ears again next week. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash thecluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. 